0: biodiversity increases soil health climate water quality etc these programs all strive to produce an environmental gain and unless farmers understand the details they're they're going to be hesitant and they are today and it's understandable so this is one step in helping address that
1: welcome to this edition of the keynotes podcast i'm your host marcus chavez communications director for the keystone policy center Last month, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change finalized the synthesis report for the sixth assessment report on climate change, and its findings are about what you may expect. More than a century of burning fossil fuels, as well as unequal and unsustainable energy and land use, has led to global warming of 1.1 degrees Celsius above pre industrial levels. This has resulted in more frequent and more intense extreme weather events that have caused increasingly dangerous impacts on nature and people in every region of the world. The IPCC report makes clear that climate resilient development should include actions to reduce or avoid greenhouse gas emissions in ways that provide wider benefits. And while countries, governments, and industries are working on those solutions, there still is a long way to go. But one of those carbon mitigation strategies that are becoming more common are climate markets, also known as carbon markets or emission trading systems. These financial systems are designed to help mitigate climate change by placing a price on carbon emissions. In these markets, entities that emit greenhouse gases, such as companies or industries, are given a certain number of allowances that correspond to their level of emissions. If an emitter reduces its emissions below its allocated allowances, it can sell the excess allowances on the market to other entities that have exceeded their allowances. This creates a financial incentive for companies to reduce their greenhouse gas emissions as they can make a profit from selling their excess allowances. Now, as I'm sure you likely already know, agricultural soils are a large land-based sink for atmospheric carbon. This has spurred a desire to connect growers and farmers with carbon markets to realize the environmental and economic value of agricultural practices that increase the carbon in soils. Agricultural climate markets are a burgeoning field with a lot of potential. However, there lacks a standardized and transparent structure to these markets. But Keystone Policy Center, along with several agriculture and climate market stakeholders, have been taking the first step to securing transparency in this marketplace. So stick with me after this break and I'll tell you about the Agricultural Climate Markets Collaborative. mentioned before the break, agricultural climate markets are still a relatively new and burgeoning field. Stakeholders and participants are still navigating territory that is also still being charted. Adam Keel is the managing director of the Soil and Water Outcomes Fund and also the voice of the person you heard at the top of this episode. He shares more about ag climate
0: markets. My view of uh, climate markets, uh, they're an emerging space that farmers can uh, engage with uh, by doing conservation practices on their farm. Uh, And these markets in some form or fashion, uh, different markets or different programs do it differently, quantify the environmental benefits of the actions that the farmers take. And oftentimes uh, groups or entities are quantifying the greenhouse gas benefits of what farmers do And those uh, are kind of compensated. Uh, Compensation is provided to farmers based on the amount of greenhouse gas benefits that they produce. So it's, um, a bit of an outcomes based program and the market aspects comes into the fact that some programs, uh, buy and sell outcomes from farmers and then transact those outcomes with third parties that may not have a connection to the farm or, maybe uh, have a connection through the crop or commodity that's produced on the farm. It just kind of differs by the program and and the particular market specifics that are going on.
1: Navigating these markets can be difficult because there's no overarching regulator or governing body. While the term marketplace may imply there is a standardized set of methodologies and measurements, in reality there is not. Amy Hughes is the senior manager, markets and finance, and climate smart agriculture at the Environmental Defense Fund. She explains more.
2: There's unique challenges on both the supply side and the demand side. On the supply side, farmers, producers, landowners, it might sound good to them that they can earn this new source of revenue for adopting practices that reduce their emissions and go through some sort of measurement reporting verification process to have that tradable unit that they can get money for. But in reality, it's a very disparate industry. I wouldn't, you know, to say a marketplace sort of implies that there's standardization across the board and all of the different project developers are using the same methodologies. and so they're producing you know apples to apples, emission reduction units that went through the same process. And so you can have confidence that these are fungible uh, liquid assets that can be traded, resold, right? There's a resale market. But in reality, that's just not where the voluntary carbon market, and certainly not the agricultural sector's role in that market. That's just not where we're at. It, it comes down to transparency and trust and navigability.
1: Keystone was actually called upon by one of our partners from a previous project to conduct a survey about carbon markets. From there, it was clear that something more had to be done in the ag space as it related to participating in these markets. Here's Jonathan Gertz, Senior Project Manager at Keystone Policy Center, to explain more.
3: One of the companies that we worked with with Field to Market asked us to do some research uh, in 2019-2020 uh, in about the potential for agricultural systems to participate in existing carbon markets, and they wanted a, a survey of all the options in this space. As, an, as, an out, uh, as a result of this work, uh, they decided the next best step would be to, to help convene this collaborative effort. Uh, because uh, it was determined that, that the voluntary markets were likely the way forward, uh, but that there would need to be more credibility in the space for them to, uh, to continue existing and to maximize the benefit.
1: The participants that eventually came together formed the Agricultural Climate Markets Collaborative. It offered a safe, collaborative space for stakeholders from environmental advocates to program providers to ag stakeholders to finally discuss the needs, goals, and other priorities that should be offered in this space to make it more transparent. Here's Amy Hughes to explain.
2: We first just started reaching out to the key players. So in terms of who has the most reach to farmers, producers, landowners, who was already innovating in this space, who was already demonstrating a high degree of you know, attention to detail, trying to understand what the highest integrity standards were that were out there for them to voluntarily use. Um, So who are those movers and shakers that we have to get if we're going to know that we have an influential group to publicly say are coming together? And by and large, everyone had, you know, accepted our invitation and saw value in comparing notes because They do all share the same questions and have the same pain points. So, so far, uh, folks have been willing to be transparent about that and understand that they're all kind of starting from different places, but pretty good consensus around what good looks like and where they could all be heading together.
1: Adam Kiel shares his thoughts on the group coming together and sharing insight.
0: Yeah. So the collaborative is a pre-competitive space. So it's um, it allows different markets and programs a chance to talk uh, amongst themselves about uh, issues that that we believed are important to farmers and others. And a lot of those discussions laid the groundwork for these uh, eleven transparency principles. And again, ultimately, the the goal here, the first goal, is to bring clarity to farmers as they look to participate. So kind of put ourselves in, in the shoes of farmers and tried to ask uh, questions and answers about what farmers are curious about and what they might need to know as, as they navigate these waters. Uh, so that's kind of the impetus of these 11 transparency principles is really trying to hone in on understanding what's truly important to the farmer. There's gonna be things about how programs are built, you know, the kind of behind the scenes, the financial framework that, you know, is probably not appropriate to share with farmers in a, in a pre-competitive space, like what the collaborative works works in. But there's definitely uh, principles that are needed to to daylight for farmers, again, so they can compare contracts, uh, look at the differences between the different programs and markets.
1: As you heard Adam reference, the collaborative created a set of voluntary pre-competitive principles for transparency for carbon sequestration, greenhouse gas emission reductions, and ecosystem service credit program developers. The collaborative hopes the principles will help scale market-based climate solutions for agriculture by keeping both growers and buyers informed. Jonathan Gertz shares more about the principles.
3: As their first joint work product, the group agreed that before they could agree on anything else, they needed to agree on uh, what should be made transparent about climate markets. Uh, one of the main complaints from from users of climate markets, including the farmers who sell their credits into them uh, and including the buyers on the on the downstream side of these of these credits uh, was that it's just very difficult to, to choose between programs because it's it's difficult to know uh, what a program requires, what's in it, what's involved uh, just by looking at their website. And so uh, one of the first things the group did was to develop Uh, The Principles for Transparency for Climate Markets. Uh, These principles are pretty basic. Uh, They include, uh, you know, am I eligible for your program? Uh, You know, what are the obligations of contracts undertaken under your program? What kinds of assets do you develop? Uh, You know, what are the standards that you use? What are the models that you use? Who owns the credits? Uh, You know, how do you handle grower privacy? Uh, A lot of these crucial issues uh, that, uh, that the group agreed that every market should be very transparent about because they, they enable uh, growers and other individuals to participate in these programs without fear that they'll, they'll run into unpleasant surprises uh, and, and enable them to, uh, to evaluate which, which program is best for them on, the, on uh, an increasing marketplace.
1: Amy Hughes shares her insight as to how methodical the collaborative was in developing the principles.
2: So first and foremost, it was really encouraging and crucial to sort of write the playbook in this space for what are the key quality criteria. And EDF pulled from our work with the Carbon Credit Quality Initiative to inform this process. So that was huge. That this wasn't just this group getting together and throwing things on a wall to see what sticks. We were intentional about pulling from best practices, the leading global voices that are talking about high quality carbon crediting, and used that as the framework and the skeleton to start building out these transparency principles. So that was... A big win in my eyes was to have that be underpinning these principles, and those will evolve. So now there's the Integrity Council for the Voluntary Carbon Market, which is a global initiative that is establishing core carbon principles and an assessment framework for high-quality carbon credits that also was built off of the original um, carbon credit quality initiative principles, and so I think this group then can help the agricultural sector stay organized and keep up with those best practices and be able to tell both the supply side and buyers that yes, we are aligned with these global best practices and we're doing our best to be transparent about those in a way that respects contracts with farmers, with growers.
1: In addition to the principles, the collaborative also developed a set of questions for growers and farmers to ask program providers to make sure a particular program is right for them. Kiel shares more about why he believes these questions are so important.
0: Yeah, I think those questions are probably more more relevant than the principles themselves. Uh, I think the questions help farmers get at those transparency principles. But, you know, I've had numerous farmers uh, talk with me about our program, the Soil and Water Outcomes Fund. And, um, you know, I'm trying to help guide them to what they need to know. Uh, But there's probably things that I'm not even thinking of. So the questions that we've got, you know, the the 10 different questions are are starting points. uh, And they're good enough just to get the basic information conveyed and kind of the must knows for a farmer that, that at least we feel are important. I'm sure there's, you know, we could have a list of 100, but there's probably 10 to start with that are really critical. And farmers, if they don't have comfort level with those 10, uh, you know, they may not be the right fit for participating in any one of these markets or programs. So yeah, those questions are, are really critical. And, you know, any farmer who's thinking about enrolling in a program uh, should ask those 10 questions of any, uh, any enrollment opportunity they're looking at.
1: The collaborative sees these principles and questions as a first step, It is encouraging other organizations to adopt the principles, which are found at Keystone's website at keystone.org slash ag climate markets. The collaborative will continue to stay engaged and continue to seek transparency in a space that currently has a reputation for having anything but.
0: This isn't the end of of programs becoming more understandable and transparent for growers. Uh, I think it's just the beginning. So it'll be interesting to see how... uh, we as, as program operators can come together and make things even more clear to farmers and partners and other, um, other entities that are looking at carbon markets. Uh, the last thing I want to hear is that it's the Wild West. And unfortunately, we hear that too much. Um, but if we can uh, daylight some of the, the ways that we do business, uh, and first and foremost, doing that for farmers, I think it'll go a long way in doing away with that uh wild west uh worry that there's a lot of uh things going on that just don't make sense or, or farmers don't understand so i think this is the transparency principles and the questions that you noted about are kind of the first step in getting over that wild west mantra that's been given to us
1: keynotes is a production of the keystone policy center 501c3 nonprofit organization based out of Keystone, Colorado which for more than 45 years has empowered leaders to reach common higher ground this episode has been made possible by a contribution from the Denver Foundation if you would like to offer feedback about the podcast or suggest topics for future episodes please email me at mchavez at keystone.org that's m-c-h-a-v-e-z at keystone.org if you would like to learn more about the Keystone Policy Center, visit our website at keystone.org